you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to the Dave Damashek football program, available as always on Stitcher, iTunes, and NFL.com. We have a full Studio 66, as usual these days. That's really becoming par for the course to have all the seats filled here. We're pleased to be joined by today. But, but well, actually, before I get into today, go back and listen to our podcast from earlier this week. MJD, Maurice Jones-Drew, Ike Taylor, Handsome Hank, and I chopping it all up for you. Go back and listen to that one today in those seats, seated to my immediate right. Fantasy guru, you see his stuff on NFL.com. He's now, after a successful virgin run, making his second appearance here. Alex Gelhar, what's the poop with you, fella? I'm excited to be back, talk a little fantasy football, uh, some other to- exciting topics today, and I'm glad that you didn't uh, ban me for life. After no, indeed, and we, have, we do have some stuff to get into. You filled in for me in a fantasy draft earlier this I week. I did. So I want to touch on that real quick. Marcus Grant, another of the NFL Fantasy Live fellas. A pleasure. Obviously, if you've been listening to the show at all, you are for familiar with him and of course if you go on nfl.com or look at for nfl fantasy live the podcast the now video on nfl.com and soon returning to nfl network you see him what's the poop with you uh it's good you know i feel like i've had a resurgence in popularity with geno smith getting punched in the face (laughs) i know my my twitter feed has been a lot busier since then i feel like you should be cashing in on this way more than you did Uh, people have told me i should put some eye black on walk around shirtless and throw a football and why is this not happening? Because uh, nobody wants to see me without a shirt on. <laughs> and there you hear the chuckle, delightful as always. In the anchor seat to my immediate left, it's all the way from London, England. He serves as our resident Miami Dolphins fan. It's Handsome Hank. He's handsome, Hank. He's handsome, Hank. He's handsome, Hank. 
Hello, handsome. How are you? I'm very well indeed. Thank you, Dave. You didn't do your James Bond. I, I should have done that. Should I do that thing. now? Now that we're doing video, yeah, you I have can to look like, at, I feel like you need, know, an, an, need an animation or something to go right. along with this. Yeah. Yeah, well, he does that. Yeah, he does the Bond, the profile, walk into the thing, and then, you know, bullseye into the camera. I think we could day. shoot that. We should take care of Maybe that. Maybe instead of shooting a gun, I'm shooting a spiral. I say it should Whoa. be a Yeah, you throw a football or something. Yeah. Yeah, you, you claim I can least. do that. Well, I don't know, but you claim <laughs> I can. I just said it. I can do that. Well, if Ike Taylor were here, he would probably laugh at you as he laughs at me. I still say, I don't care what the cynics have to say about it. I feel if you put me on the Dallas Cowboys offense and I replaced Romo behind that great offensive line, Des Bryant, and so on, I could lead that offense to a scoring drive in an NFL game against the the league's worst defense. Like how many, how many Colts, chances I don't know. How many chances do you get? Right. I Unlimited get, downs. I mean <laughs> Well, listen, I don't know if I Ike can is do it. outraged. I don't know. Claim. If, we're, yeah, well, listen, I'm when I get Ike's corner here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I get you know who believes in me? MJD. You know who else believes in me? The man in the mirror. You know who else believes in me? Mo Damashek. Trifecta. All right. <laughs> well, in that case, there's no argument to be made. We have much to get to. We want to talk about Calvin Benjamin. We want to get some fantasy talk in with the fantasy fellas in here. Uh, whether or not you saw Hard Knocks, there were some interesting storylines from it. We want to kibitz about all those things. But before we get to any of that, a couple things real quick. On the last show, Handsome, you and I both paid witness to some, some real heat behind the glass. And turmoil. Thing. Yeah. I think Ike described it as. Yeah, we better lock that door. That's, them boys got some turmoil. That's what he said. But it's, said. it's interesting. Today, Sully is is out there still, and TD's gone. I know. I don't know what that means. We'll have to figure that out at a later date. Something you and I were kibitzing about when we talk about uh, people in Studio 66 playing football very well. Two of our more recent visitors, Jarvis Landry and Brock Vereen, they went head-to-head against each other. We want to keep track, I think, this year because we've had a bounty of great football-playing guests. Let's track these guys, how they perform over the year. And, by the way, they went head-to-head recently. You remember, Handsome, I helped train Jarvis Landry. I I surprised him. I threw all manner of objects at him. He caught them all one-handed. He caught a shuttlecock one-handed. A rocket. A rocket. It, w- it went on and on. It was really embarrassing. It was a foam rocket. I say a rocket. I'm, I'm trying to figure rocket. out. And Brock Vereen was no slouch himself. He was already up to speed because he is a big fan of Beatrix Kiddo from Kill Bill. Who is it? And he, and he showed how she knocked her way out of a coffin and everything. So it seems like a pretty stout matchup. They went head-to-head, like I say, in the first weekend of preseason action. Let's see how that turned out with these guys. There's Ryan Tannehill in store for a big season. All right. Gets the Jarvis Landry got the better of Brock Vereen Brock on a Vereen's quick little out. not making that tackle. No. No. Yeah, he was not like Beatrix Kiddo going up against Michael Madsen or uh, or who's the one-eyed one? Daryl Hanna. Now, here's a touchdown pass. I'm telling you, there's Jarvis Landry getting the better of Brock Vereen. So, round one to handsome Hanks fella, one of his favorites of the Dolphins. Jarvis Landry, juice, juice they call him. Colin. You know, I think that we should not just keep track of these guys this year. But we have really, like I say, we've had so many good guests. You, were, We were talking just before we started here. We could fill almost a full starting lineup and, a, and a really good one. Yeah, Jarvis Landry, though, don't cover your ears there, Jarvis. Oh, good, you're covering your ears. Thank you. Um <laughs> I don't think he makes our I don't even think he makes the roster. What? Never mind really? never mind the starting lineup unless he wants to play special teams. Look at how he's looking at you now. I know he doesn't he's care for that. Listen. You. I'm a straight shooter and I know that you appreciate honesty, Jarvis, and that's why, you know, that's my rule. No jive. 
And I would so I think our quarterback comes down to Ben Roethlisberger. We've had Ryan Tannehill or Russell Wilson. I think we all agree it would be Roethlisberger, right? I think so. Yes. What yeah, a but bounty. You could have had Peyton Manning. There was a day that he was supposed to come here, but he decided not to show up. Who's who's up In next? In a way, year? it's like he got traded, or he he was traded before he even made the team. Eli Manning style. I liked I liked the uh, uh, you could hear him. In fact, he was doing a round of interviews, and he said like, "Who do we got next here?" And you heard the producer say, uh, uh, Dave Damashek from uh, the NFL. And he's like, no, I'm not doing that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real feather in my cap. The most loaded positions are wide receiver. That's why Jarvis Landry doesn't make it. Steve Smith, Antonio Brown, Ryan, uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. Pretty pretty loaded. Jamal uh, Charles in the backfield. We have Jamal Charles, right, running the ball in our defensive line. Michael X. Bennett, Potros, Calais Campbell, Darnell Dockett. We're really loaded. This it's a solid squad. Good team. It's a good squad. The DDFP All-Stars. All right, fellas, let's jump into it now and talk about some very important stuff. And the big story, it seems, this week so far is Calvin Benjamin and... You know, I talk about the Jenga theory a lot, which is that if you take out the wrong piece of the NFL puzzle on your team, the whole thing implodes. And I feel like, unfortunately for the Panthers, this is a dire loss. Alex Gelhar, how say you? Uh, It's certainly going to hurt. They have uh, been trying to get Cam wide receiver help for a long time, and they finally found it in the first round last year with Benjamin. He's the typical wide receiver that they wanted for him because Mm -hmm. Cam, for as talented as he is, throws a little high, throws a little erratically at times, and Benjamin was able to reel those in. And now – they're going to have to try and replace that production with uh, a guy that's even more raw than Benjamin and Funchess and uh, a bunch of unproven guys like Corey Brown. Man, well, f- come on. I know Corey, the so-called Corey Brown, wants to be called Corey, but I think uh, Marcus Grant said it best. What did you say about Corey, nay, Philly Brown? Well, I said Philly Brown sounds like one of Shaft's informants. Corey Brown is the kid in your seventh grade PE class. Yeah, yeah. and ask yourself, which would you rather be? Right. You know? Philly all day. Philly. Philly is, but I guess Philly Brown or whatever Corey Brown is going to be their starting receiver now. But do you agree, Marcus? I, I mean, this it sounds like hyperbole. Oh my, what's going to happen to the team when anybody gets hurt? But legitimately, for the Carolina Panthers in 2015, they're, re- I, I, they're. This is. I was picking them to win the division, and I think legitimately, I no longer can do that. Well, I mean, offensively, it is a huge blow to this team. Although I would say. If any division in the NFL, they're in the right one to still be able to compete just because there's nobody in the NFC South that you look at on paper and say, this team's going to run away with it. They're head and shoulders above everybody else. So offensively, it's going to be a struggle without Kelvin Benjamin there. There's no doubt about it. But Cam can still run the football. We'll see if Jonathan Stewart can be healthy for a full season, if he can carry a workload there. Greg Olson is coming off having a career year last year. So there are weapons there. Defensively, I think this is a better football team this year. But, I mean, look, at this point, I mean, 8-8, eight and 9-7 eight, and seven will, will get you right in the hunt for this right. division title. Handsome. I mean, I agree with Marcus. I think the big beneficiary will be Greg Olson. I think that's the guy that Cam feels most comfortable with. So assuming that year two, Kelvin Benjamin would have, you know, seen even more targets than he was before. I think Olsen's the guy that, that Cam will lean on to pick, up, pick it up the slack. Well, uh, Gelhar mentions Devin Funches out of Ohio State, another nice big target, and that's uh, that is the knock on Michigan. Michigan. Yeah, Come on. Oh, Ohio State. See, I'm I'm in the big. Yeah. <laughs> my, my head's in the wrong place. Um, 
But yes, the nice big target, and that really is what suits a guy. It's not just any, you can't take any talented receiver. As Gelhar mentions, he does tend to get a little wild. His accuracy is the issue for Cam Newton. And so specific to number one in that offense, that's a, a really bad one. The only way I can see offsetting it is if John St- Jonathan Stewart can get over his career bugaboo, which is being hurt. If he's out there and they can be a run-based team, then you get the so-called complimentary football because, like, uh, like you say, MG, the defense should be mighty. I don't know if I have to change my pick there, though, if I have to change my division pick. I do like the Saints it, on offense quite a bit. Falcons might also sneak in. Yeah, it's gonna, it's an interesting division. It always is. But I think this year especially, with that injury, I think it's, it's truly hard to pick. I th- the winner is probably going to be a 9-7 and team. Um, all right, well, we're going to dig in on some more fantasy as we press on here. Real quick, how low does this drop Cam Newton? I think he's still a QB1. Uh, a lot of his point potential comes from the fact that he can run on scrambles and designed runs True. and with the team probably they were going to focus on the run a little more because that's when they were at their most successful last year down the stretch uh i don't think it drops cam terribly he's still in the back end of the qb1 discussion but he's he's a top 10 guy for me i've got him just outside my top 10 i dropped him to 12 so i think he's one of those kind of fringe uh starting quarterbacks kind of a week-to-week guy now. where'd you say you had him 12 but before before i had him at uh, eight or nine yeah. So. Hmm. Um, all right. So tough stuff there in Carolina, and let, you know that's the pre- enough with the injuries. Let's just get through them clean, so everybody gets there with full rosters. We all should be rooting for that, no matter what your uh, your divisional or uh, you know hometown interests. All right. Let's talk about hard knocks. Very enjoyable, and if you're not seeing it, so be it. We just want to cherry pick a few storylines from it. And uh, first of all, Brian Cushing, the breakout star in a villainous way. You know, like he. Not since Heath Ledger in the Batman movie, you got the headlines over the hero. Right. Have we seen someone break out in the fashion that Brian Brian Cushing has? Challenging teammates, you know, telling them to get out of their face, saying that drinking Starbucks makes you a chick. Handsome. He he is, um, he's, if he was, uh, like rehearsing or or trying to become the role of a bully, I think he, I mean, he's nailed it completely. He couldn't be doing any better. I want to ask this to the football guys when, uh, you know, whoever, Ike or MJD or whoever shadows our door next to know how often this happens in an NFL locker room. I suppose it happens quite a bit, but Gelhar, what, what, <laughs> can you imagine a guy like that? Let, tell me, tell me the truth. Fabiano is that way. When they go to commercial uh, on the yeah. fantasy set. I don't think he has the upper body strength yeah, to, to throw <laughs> anybody around like that. No, we don't have a bully like that in the fantasy mitts, but that was, uh, that was interesting to see him uh, challenge his teammate and then not only get the sack on that drill, but then throw Alfred Blue on what would have been the quarterback right. as well. Humiliate him. Did yes. he watch? I mean, I can't remember what character that is, what bit that, that, that comes from, but I really do feel like Brian Cushing much a, must have watched Karate Kid and rooted for <laughs> Cobra Kai. I feel like he must have been rooting for Biff and his gang in Back to the Future. I mean, what? where does one come up with this mentality? I, You know, I talk about it all the time, not to get serious, but I say all the time, this Kobe Bryant, Peyton Manning, I'm going to bully my teammates into doing what I want. I don't think I, – I, I can't imagine that that still works in 2015, but apparently it does, eh? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, it, 
I feel like Brian Cushing's that guy that away from the field, it's hard to be friends with him. And this hurts me to say that. I mean, we are fellow USC Trojans. But I think he's that guy who likes to dish it out, but when it comes back to him, he gets a little bit hot under the collar. I mean, you see him walking around bumping into people saying, oh, I'm sorry, oh, that was an accident. And then somebody does it back to him, and he wants to fight. Like, what a creep! The and then, it, and then that we're all expected to compartmentalize his uh, the way he comports himself on the field. Well, no, he's a sweetheart. Off, the, I don't care. <laughs> I'm on the field with him. Stop being a jerk. I'm on your team. By the way, I don't know if you heard. Aaron Foster's hurt. I'm our best chance. I'm Alfred Blue. <laughs> Stop hurting me. The other thing, and that, that is why you wouldn't make an NFL roster. Yeah. I, that's I think, not I, the I think that just score. you just proved. Ike's I think point. when you say "stop hurting me," that Stop kind of hurting me. <laughs> that's why I want the. That's why I want the Dallas Cowboys line, like Peyton and Tom right. Brady. I gotta be clean to succeed. Gotta keep me clean. That's right. The other thing that stood out to me, not surprisingly, if you've listened to us before, is J.J. Watt and Vince Wilfork had a captivating conversation <laughs> about the best meal of the day. They agree it's breakfast. Marcus Grant, how say you? Um, I feel like breakfast is fine. Um, I, I, I agree with their, their statement that brunch, I think, is great because brunch is a, a special thing. You don't do it every day. Right. Breakfast is kind of like whatever. But brunch, it's a, it's a unique sort of meal. Handsome. You, you seem to strongly. Well, I, look, I like the idea of brunch. First of all, brunch is a very American thing. I like the idea of brunch. I've never. It's su- an American thing. I've I never successfully had brunch because anytime I have brunch, I'm like, well, I'm hungry now. I want to eat breakfast and I'm going to eat lunch. So I end up eating three meals before <laughs> early afternoon because it's mm. difficult. The idea of brunch, obviously, is you're supposed to combine two. But early in the morning, I'm hungry, so I'll still have breakfast. Then you have brunch, and then you're like, well, I may as well just roll into lunch at this point. I like – well, when I brunch, I do like to split the plate. I don't, I'm don't. i not one of those people who does – like, well, first, the breakfast. I'm going to do eggs and bacon and sausage and orange juice. And then when I'm finished with that plate, then it's time for the lunch plate, all on the same plate for Damashek. In fact – I have said this before, and there hasn't really been much response to it uh, in society. I say, you know that plate, the heaping plate that you get when you go through the buffet? Wouldn't we be better served to just use bowls? What food is better off on a plate than in a bowl? Almost every – a steak. You can't cut steak in a bowl. But outside of that, I think everything is better served in a bowl. There is an issue, though, that you bring up that eggs, I find, is a one item, breakfast item, that I don't like to be on a plate with other things. There's certain things mm-hmm. I don't like on a plate with eggs. At I'm the that same way with time. corn. With, with like uh, Eggs corn. and, for example, salad being on the same plate. If the egg gets on the salad, both are unusable at that point. Galhar, brunch is great. <laughs> That's the end of the argument. <laughs> I like brunch, but you know what? Push comes to shove. If I can only have one meal for the rest of my life, it's dinner, of course. Um, you get you'd get tired of the breakfast meats and the eggs pretty quickly if that's all you were consuming. Bacon is meat candy. Now let's talk about fantasy. It is meat candy. That's a good way of saying it. Now let's get to some fantasy. Marcus Grant, you recently wrote a piece that is available for your perusal at NFL.com. High risk. High reward, first of all, what's this all about? Uh, it is guys that, that you will draft or could draft in your fantasy league this year that you, know, you you have to probably get them a little bit earlier. There's a chance that you know one thing or another could go wrong, but if everything goes right, these are guys who are probably going to be superstars on your roster. I can't believe, I don't know what to make of this, if this feels like low-hanging fruit that you would put this guy on the list, but Drew Brees... I still like Drew Brees. My my, of course he's Drew Brees. My he cons- puts up big numbers. Well, my concern with him is that this year 
you're probably not going to see the same kind of video game numbers you've seen from him in the past. I mean, he he might be maybe a low 4,000-yard guy. He's not going to have, you know, 40 touchdowns or anything like that because I think this team is set up to be more balanced offensively. I think they're going to feature Mark Ingram a little bit more, which means there are fewer pass attempts, fewer yards, fewer touchdowns in the offing for Drew Brees. And don't forget C.J. Spiller. In fact, that's really Alex Gellhar, the the X factor to me, well, along with the absence of Jimmy Graham, can uh, can Josh Hill step in there and be productive um, in his stead? But also, C.J. Spiller, if he catches dump-offs, if he basically plays the Pierre Thomas role and, in fact, is capable maybe of being even better at doing that, if he's the Darren Sproles or whatever, he can still uh, – Drew Brees can still have a big fantasy year. Yeah, he should eat up the yardage, but I think Marcus is right. This is just going to be a more efficient offense, not as explosive as it once was and as dominant. They, they took out their big deep threat in Kenny Stills. They got rid of Jimmy Graham. Spiller will work, will catch a lot of passes. The team has never, I think since 2006, ranked lower than third in targets to backs out of the backfield. So they're going to feed him a lot like that, but uh, I'm with Marcus. It's just a little less. But speaking of running backs, uh, another player on Marcus's list. Look is, at the uh, pivot. The gross. Boy, I the, know. I love that. Not it. my first rodeo. You know, I'm doing this for the <laughs> Fantasy Live podcast as well. Um, LaShawn McCoy is another guy Marcus put on the list, and for good reason. He's a name value. La- only a year ago, he was kind of a consensus number one overall fantasy pick. Struggled mightily last year. Now he's on a new team. And I'm he's one of the guys that I'm I'm really not touching in fantasy drafts because even though really? even though it's ground and pound. What if you have the eighth pick overall? Uh, uh I don't like it. Greg Roman. If you had the eighth pick in fantasy and Shady McCoy's there, you wouldn't take him? I'd take Antonio Brown. I'd take Brown, I'd take Gronk, I'd take Jeremy Hill over LaShawn McCoy. Wow. Because Greg Roman runs Jeremy one of the Hill over him. one of the offenses that gets the least plays um out in a in a given season. LaShawn McCoy is going from one of the highest play, you know, per game offenses with Chip Kelly to an offense where they're going to see less plays. Touchdowns are still going to be hard to come by because that offense is going to be hard pressed to like get into the red zone and stuff. They've also got Fred Jackson, bigger backs like Bryce Brown, uh, Anthony Dixon to eat up, eat up carries like that. LaShawn McCoy is a great player. He, Dropped a little bit last year, but for his price tag, I'm I'm staying away. I don't like the risk is too much for me. And he also has a hamstring injury and a toe that injury. We're hearing in about camp now, too, so. and when you hear about those things in camp, they kind of linger into the season, so and then you, know, you put that, all those together, and that's why for me the risk is too great. I right. sort of agree. Yeah, I sort of agree with that. And the other thing to be mindful of, it's sad to say, but the way running backs are used in the 21st century, I think that this is going to be a phenomenon of this millennium, which is that the running backs don't hang around for 12 years. I think they're going to be run into the ground. Shady's getting to that age where we have to sort of monitor how he's playing season to season. But I'm not declaring him finished and far from it. I would take him. I'm higher on him than you guys are. But his teammate, who promised, at least all the scouts promised, he would be an immediate star. Injuries kind of took him down, plus shoddy QB play. Sammy Watkins, Marcus. Right, and it's that second part there you mentioned that makes me the most worried. Sammy Watkins is immensely talented. I don't think there's any question about that, but who's throwing him the football? I mean, right now Tyrod Taylor might be in the lead for that job, but Matt Castle, EJ Manuel, uh, they don't have Jeff Toole anymore, right? I think he moved on. (laughs) But, I mean, I want Sammy Watkins to be Great. I want Robert Woods to be great, but until they figure out what they're doing at the quarterback situation, uh, I, I just don't know that he's going to be a guy that gets you more than about you know 950. Maybe he gets to a thousand yards, but it just won't be anything spectacular. He's got that early career Megatron field. Yes. Remember when Megatron was in in Detroit, but didn't really do anything for that first couple of years because he just didn't have anyone to get him the ball. 
Yeah, but I, I, you know what? Kudos to Bucky Brooks and Ike Taylor, both of whom sat here. I think they were right about three, four weeks ago when they said it. I think Tyrod Taylor's getting that game. Oh, yeah. I think it's pretty obvious. I, I don't know how you, yeah. uh, you know, un, unring that bell. Once the Buffalo fans see what he's capable of doing and making a co- – also, all you need with that defense is a few uh, special plays over 60 minutes. Matt Castle's not capable of well, that. Well, they're playing tonight. On Thursday night, they're playing the Cleveland Browns, and I, he, he'll be starting. And I think this is his opportunity to either win or lose the job. Um, let's move on in fantasy to uh, to some late-round fantasy gems here. Your pal, Matt Harmon. I say your pal. I mean, I think I'll eventually, you know, because I'm a people person. You know, everybody. Does that you guys the way can, people talk about me? You guys can compare say, beards. It'll Davis, be Dave is such a people person. Do they say that? You are a person? Yes. No. All right. Well, <laughs> anyway, this Matt Harmon character has one of the one of them Amish beards. And so I'm, I'm keeping him at arm's length for now. <laughs> Either way, he did write uh, the fantasy gems, the late round fantasy gems. Gelhar, let's start it off with a guy I really wanted as a Steelers fan two years ago. I was really hoping the Steelers took him and instead the Bengals, the division rival, got him. Tyler Eifert, injury has cost this guy some playing time, obviously. What say you for uh, 2015? Well, I'm very high on Tyler Eifert. I think Marcus is going to take the lead on him here, but I'll just weigh in that, yeah, the the injury robbed him last year. He actually, he only played one quarter last year, but in that quarter, he was targeted three times Hmm. and he had three catches for, I think, 37 yards. They want him to be a big part of the offense with his size, speed, ability, I think he's just poised for a massive breakout year. I don't, I I don't understand why you called me out like that. Well, it was supposed to go to Marcus. <laughs> I, I don't think Marcus wants to jump in on my guys later in the rundown, that's all. Well, it depends. I mean, look, I like Eifert. I, I think this is a guy that is a rookie. Uh, rookie tight ends generally don't do much, but he had almost 450 receiving yards, which I know doesn't sound like a lot, but it's not a bad year. And I think – I feel like we've all taken shots at Andy Dalton and guys like A.J. Green and Tyler Eifert have been innocent bystanders. And I think I think Eifert's going to be a really good guy this year. I mean, we talk about that all the time, that if that team just had a quarterback. But if Andy Dalton was a little bit better, this offense would be the best in the NFL. They are so loaded out there. Marcus, talk about Brian Quick now, another guy who has had fantasy flashes over the years. I can remember Fabiano and Rank sitting on the fantasy show and encouraging Brian Quick here and there. But the problem is he's a roller coaster. He is a roller coaster. I think that's it goes back to me to the fact that in the last three or four years, I, I just don't have the sense that the Rams offense has a plan to it. Like, I just don't understand what they're doing. They've got – I kind of – that's a good way to put it. They've yeah. got 50 million receivers, and every year they're trying to, to, to feed us Tavon Austin or Stedman Bailey. It was Austin Pettis in the past, Kenny Britt. Well, I think Brian Quick's the most talented guy on the roster at the wide receiver position. I mean, a telling statement, and this is maybe sad on my part, that last year I, I told Alex Gelhar that everything was going great with my Dynasty League fantasy football team until Brian Quick got – hurt that's when things fell apart um so some team you had put together (laughs) early on that roller coaster you're talking about was just in an upward trajectory there was he had like 300 some yards and three touchdowns in the first four weeks people forget because it's the Rams. it's the rams what about stevie johnson now alex galher in 2015 a one-time legit number one receiver for the buffalo bills that seems like Six, eight years ago. To Which is now. what's insane. And that's why I, I pegged Stevie Johnson as a deep sleeper way back in like May when we were starting this because people, like you say, it feels like it's six years ago. Stevie Johnson's only 28. He is. What? He is that is crazy. He's young. And during that t- 2010 to 2012 stretch, he averaged 79 catches, over 1,000 yards, and almost eight touchdowns per year. He's going to be playing in San Diego now where he's already allegedly building up a rapport with Phillip Rivers, the best quarterback he's ever going to have seen in his lifetime. 
And I think uh, I think he's just primed for a bounce back here. People are sleeping on him because he got stuck in that kind of fantasy wasteland last year of Marcus's team, the 49ers. No offense. Sigh. But uh, he is a great run route, route runner and a technician, and that's not the kind of wide receiver that Colin Kaepernick thrives with. Phillip Rivers does. I think he's going to be great. All right, we're going to move on to something else. But real quick, Marcus Grant, Eddie Royal, by, by virtue of attrition, has suddenly risen up as now a leading man there. But, I mean, how high up can he, this guy realistically go? Uh, I mean, I think I think he's at best your third wide receiver, and that's I think that's that's absolute ceiling for him. I mean, he's a guy who's great in September. He has in his career more touchdowns in the month of September than he does in every other month. That, that sounds like it makes sense. Right. Just, <laughs> anecdotally, it does seem like, whoa, he had – what, that guy had three touchdowns right. on September 18th? Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so now let's move on to – and we return to where we sort of started here with Calvin Benjamin and the Jenga discussion. Break it out. You know, we, we in fact, uh, to help you visualize well, – You brought you a game follow, with you guys. Well, if you can't follow the metaphor – NFL teams in the 21st century, it's not a matter of if they're going to have injury. It's a matter of who's going to get injured. And you can survive it, just like a Jenga game. You can survive injuries. All these teams are pretty deep now. They understand that creating depth is a key detail if you want to go deep in the playoffs. But if you remove the wrong piece of the puzzle... The whole thing implodes. I contend, unfortunately, for the Panthers, or at least I'm thinking about it, that Calvin Benjamin, at least on offense, is the Panthers' Jenga piece. Let's focus on the AFC East, and I start with you, handsome Hank, and the world champions, the New England Patriots. I've made no secret of who I think their Jenga piece is. What do you think? So, And the rule is I'm, I can't choose a quarterback. Yeah, the QB – well, because if you say QB, that's going to drop – 20 teams right. at least if you remove their starting quarterback obviously it's too easy this is expert level Jenga right. we're playing here. yeah yeah no exactly go and, ahead and, and take and a piece the level I play at do you mind, you mind if, go I, for if it. I get going thank you Marcus um, I'm going to say for the Patriots and I think this is a guy I think this might actually he might be the original oh, Jenga that. theory piece that's right is, he was. is Gronk Rob Gronkowski take him out of that Patriots offense nothing really works the pieces outside of Gronk aren't, and, and obviously Brady just aren't that impressive I, well, I mean, I agree completely, and if you don't exactly buy that theory that, oh, the Patriots would be fine without Gronk, I refer you to last September, how they looked, how bad they were, when 90% of people who talk about football for a living were declaring the Patriots dead now because so uh, the, Brady was just got, over. They got housed in KC, mm-hmm. and Brady's an old man. I said, if Gronkowski gets back and is right, I mean, he was back, but he wasn't near 100%. As he rounded into shape, I assured everyone, so too will the Patriots fare well, and lo and behold, a world now, champion. I have a, I have a counter welcome, to Patriots that, though, fans. but I have a counter to that because the Patriots had success on the field before there was a Rob Gronkowski, and I, I would submit to you that a guy like Julian Edelman maybe has as much to do with that offense as anything. Because you look back historically at when the Patriots really started to take off as a franchise, and it had to do when they found that guy who was always their Swiss Army knife. In the past, it was Deion Branch or Troy Brown. Wes Welker came in and filled that role. Now it's Julian Edelman. I think that has had a lot to do with that offensive success. But I think they could but – but the point with that is I think they're not a dime a dozen, but I think they could probably right. replace Julian Edelman far more easily than Gronk. And Gronk. There is only one Gronk. I mean, Gronk may wind up being the best tight end ever. Julian Edelman, as good as he is, you're going to, as you said, you just named a bunch of guys who had done Julian Edelman's role before. If Gronk stays healthy, handsome, that's a great point. He's not just going to the Hall of Fame. He goes down as the greatest he tight might end well of all do. time. He's on track statistically. It's hard to argue with. And in fact, He's, the guy, I guess, Tony Gonzalez 
and uh, and Jimmy Graham are probably the two chief contenders. And Kellen Winslow. Who's winning your game? Uh, Who would you say is on top? Dave's turn now. So I just <laughs> pretty good for Damashek. Pretty good for Dan. Well, no. See, I got to find the. Careful, Marcus. Uh, I will say to chime in on the Gronk thing. I think their offense of scoring output jumps by like f- ten more points a game when Gronk is in the lineup. Yeah. Wesseling had a great write up on it for around the NFL, and the, the jump is insane when he's in the lineup. Well, and the other side of that is they are always in the playoffs with Gronk and Brady and everybody else, but they didn't win Super Bowls when they didn't have a high-end defense. Darrell Revis, defensively, may prove to have been their Jenga piece in 2014 if they don't uh, play as well this year. Now let's go to the Buffalo Bills. Marcus Grant, I start with you. Who do you say is their Jenga piece? I think it's Mario Williams. I think just what he does defensively and his ability to get to the quarterback impacts everybody along that front line. You have to pay so much attention to Mario Williams that it changes everything you do on on your offensive scheme. If he's not there, I think that Buffalo defense looks completely different. I, I, I agree that he is the most disruptive guy for them, but also I'm a believer in – Marcel Darius, I'm a believer in, and there aren't very many of these guys that actually can do that, is get that push from the interior. It's a nice thing to have. You always say, hey, you know what gets Peyton Manning and Tom Brady down is when you get interior pressure on them. Yeah, it's easier said than done. It's a super hard thing to not just be able to to take up a couple of blockers, but to actually be a presence in the pass rush and to, and to get a yard or two into the backfield. To me, it's Darius. I'll say you, Gelhar. I'm, I'm of the Mario Williams ilk as well. Uh, that, that defense kind of took a step up when he got there and while I love the interior pressure and there are guys later in the discussion that I will will vouch for in the Jenga discussion that are interior linemen as well I just think uh Williams is a different maker and it's a it's like not only just a Jenga piece, but it's a domino effect. If you take him out, the pass rush of everybody else. You're confusing suffers. me. Now with we're, board we're combining game games. Yeah, I, I mean, domino. Could you play Jenga with dominoes? Mm-hmm. It's a chess game. Could you play <laughs> domino with Jenga pieces? Handsome, do you agree? Who do you agree with here? I mean, since I can't say EJ Manuel, I'm going to have to agree with Mario Williams. <laughs> I, think, I think the difference between the two, and I agree with you on everything you said about Darius and 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 him bringing the pressure from the middle. But I think Williams is actually a leader on the team as well. And Darius has proven to be relatively immature during his career so far. He's had a few bad moments. And I think for that reason alone, I think that's why I would probably choose Williams as as that guy. Wait, so the guy who on Thursday Night Football put the red things in his eyeballs terrifying look, <laughs> well that well for, I don't know if that's mature but what I do know is there's no sadder sight than a guy I always used to say the saddest sight at a football game is the 53 year old man in the game jersey with the big pot belly walking out of the stadium semi hungover after a loss that you know the face painted sad guy yeah that might have been replaced by Mario Williams in the waning moments of a losing effort for the Bills wearing those red right, things. Right, yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Take those out. You're losing by three touchdowns. But then this Kyle, is worse than spiking the ball when you're down 40 points. I think Kyle Vandenbosch started that. Yeah. He did it, I think, on a, on a winless Lions team. Oh, is so, that right? Yes. He was committed to it as yeah, well for He every really game. was. It he was like, now fun. that I've done this, this seems to work for me. Handsome, who do you have on the New York Jets as the Jenga piece there? It's tough to find a Jets player. That I know. Like, in a way, maybe they a don't Jets have player, one. It's right. like, okay, well, you've just got another Jets player. <laughs> Whoa, they lost that Ouch. guy? They might go 6-10. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait. They, they were going to go 6-10 yeah. anyway. Um, I don't know. I think, um, I think their offense is going to be predicated around and probably not around a passing game, given given the fact that they're missing um, our, our, uh, our lookalike here. Um, 
Maybe Chris Ivory. I mean, I really, I don't have a good answer for this question because I'm not sure that there is anyone that was really going to make a big difference one way or another for the Jets. It's also hard. You would float names like Brandon Marshall, but we've never even seen him right. in uniform. Right. Galhar, how say you? I, I actually, I think there were a couple names that jumped out at me when I was thinking about that, about this. And number one was Muhammad Wilkerson because with Richardson, mm-hmm. Sheldon Richardson being suspended for four games in that line, we haven't seen Leonard Williams in the NFL yet. Uh, if Wilkerson goes down, that that normally super stout defensive line in front seven takes a huge blow in the first four weeks. And also, you mentioned him in the Patriots discussion. Darrell Revis is back in town. I agree. I'm not sure off the top of my head. I, you would think it would be easy to summon it. How bad did the Jets get with Revis there? Did they have they did have a terrible year in Revis's last year or well, no? That was when he tore. I think he was yeah. hurt. He was he was gone. Oh, that's right. So so after that year, he goes to Tampa. Yeah, mm-hmm. after that's he recovered. Right. Yep. So really, yeah. So the absence of Revis equaled more dire uh, results over the course of the season. I couldn't remember if Revis was there for some of the uh, some of the uh, you know the downward uh, trend for this team. Yeah, Revis is a good one, huh, handsome? Yeah, I think Revis is probably a good one. We'll, I mean, we I don't think we know right now what Revis we're going to get. That's the that's the question. I think is is how does Revis look on that team? But legitimately, Chris Ivory, you know, a banger. And if you lose him as the Jets, I, I you know they don't have a reasonable answer there. Uh, they? I mean, they got, they got Bilal Powell. They That's not a for reasonable Zach answer. Billy Powell is not good. Oh, yeah, they have um, Zach Stacy. They have now. Zach okay. Stacy. I mean, I, I would throw a vote in the direction of DeBrickashaw Ferguson. I mean, you're already down one quarterback. You lose your left tackle, and suddenly something happens to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Bryce Petty isn't close to being ready to go just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, you know, for whatever it's worth, the passing game has more weapons in it than it's seen in a while with Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker there. So you got to have at least some semblance of a quarterback to at least keep defenses honest. Look at that. We unearthed not one, but uh, multiple potential mm. Jenga pieces for those New York Jets. How about that, handsome? All right, I know I started with the Jets with you, but I, I have to go to you again because it is your team, the Miami Dolphins. Who's the Jenga piece there? Um, I think we, uh, the same way that you you said with the Jets, we haven't seen Sue there yet, so I don't think we can definitely go with him, although I suspect it might be him. I'm going to choose Cam Wake. I think Cameron Wake, the pressure that he gets on the quarterback, that quick first step he has, everything that, that he does makes that defense better. It makes the back end look a lot better. I think Brent Grimes has probably benefited from having Cam Wake up front. I know the linebackers aren't particularly good, and they probably have been shielded a bit by again by Cam Wake. So I would say Wake in you know what potentially maybe his final year in Miami uh is is that Jenga piece for them. Boy, I mean people have been saying it since the minute Indomitian Sue signed that deal, but the defense should be mighty and I keep asking it of everybody, save number 17. This isn't like the Bills. Like, yeah, well, you have to choose between those one of those guys. You know, there, there are a few teams. The Browns kind of uh, uninspired choice there. But to me, the, I, I think Ryan Tannehill's about to take off. First of all, do you like him in fantasy this year, Mark? I like Ryan Tannehill. I like Tannehill. Well, I like Lamar Slot Miller. I like Jarvis uh, Landry. I think Ryan Tannehill is – I don't think he's a top five fantasy quarterback, but he's knocking on the door. Whoa. I think he's knocking That's on the door. awfully high up yeah. there. Galhar, agree? Similarly, I think I have him at seven or eight in my rankings right now. You're kidding me. No joke. Love you him. know what that proves to me as much as I like Ryan Tannehill and think he's going to have a big year? I keep saying my big fantasy tip for 2015 is, and I'm not, uh, I'm not the guru that uh, you guys are, but I say – Aaron Rodgers and Andrew Luck this year. I never say take a uh, quarterback in the first round, but this year do it because those two guys are the only dependable guys, and they're going to score a ton of points. I don't know who's number three. Who is number three? Russell Wilson. Probably Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson at three. Yuck. Big Ben at four. And and, and Roethlisberger at four. 
I mean, listen, that makes the case. You got to get one of those two yeah. guys, or you're going to be really behind the eight ball all season long. If you get Luck or Rogers, you're going to be in good shape. But all right, back to Tannehill's team there. Where is the weakness here? That defense is going to be mighty. Do you agree that Cam Wake though is the one who can take it? Because Sue, like we say, is going to consume some blockers. He'll get some pass rush. He'll be a run stuffer. But Wake is is uh, could be really menacing. I love Cameron Wake. I hope it's not his last year in Miami. But I know we haven't seen Sue on the field. But I think there's a case to make him as a Jenga piece as well because his contract was so massive it uh, forced the Dolphins to not re-sign both Jared Odrick and Randy Starks. So if Sue goes down, that middle of their defensive right. line all of a sudden is just like an open door. And his contract is why is why Wake probably won't be back yeah. next year. Can I give you guys a, a lot of credit, all four of us? We've played successfully Jenga. We've done a lot better. I, th- I feel like ours is hey, at least I, three or four I've stories <laughs> higher than yours. Well, I'm playing with the guy piloting the show. He's got other duties. He can't just handle... Uh, well, Dave, concentrate on what's important. I think, well, uh, listen, I, I'm trying I to compliment everybody. To I think morale should be high in 66 for our effort with the Jenga. And by the way, thanks to Alex Gelhar, I owe him uh, I, I owe him a form of payment non-monetary. He jumped in for me on our League of Leagues, Marcus Grant, the mm-hmm. league that we're doing. Three-sport fantasy league over two years, football, baseball, basketball. It is the height you, of nerddom. You broke the bank for me, Gelhar, to get me Amir Abdullah. I did. Well, because you currently on your roster had nobody that could start week one at running back. Bishop Sankey's on your roster, but I don't count him as a starter for week one. So you needed somebody that was going to be dynamic and potentially get you a lot of points for a two-year league, and Amir Abdullah is that guy. Gelhard, did you – I mean, uh, Grant, did you laugh at that when Gelhard sp- broke the bank? You have a budget of $100 to add free agents. I added – or. Uh, Gelhar added for sixty four dollars. Well, added. Uh, you know, Gurley, Amir I Abdullah. I didn't. I mean, I didn't laugh at that so much because especially Todd Gurley, Melvin Gordon went off the board in, in the mid sixties. Yeah. Um, what I laughed about was the bidding in this auction style supplemental draft started at you know one dollar, two dollars, and Gelhar said, "To heck with all this. Let's just go to fifty dollars right now." I was not messing around. <laughs> it was like a one dollar, a two dollar, and then I just went fifty, and I think I said something like, "Let's get in." I'm cool with the Abdullah pick. I'm not as cool with Danny Woodhead. Don't have that. Don't want him. Nine dollars for Danny Woodhead. That's what am I going to do with dollars. that? It's a bargain. I like Kevin White for seven. People see everybody. Everybody has. To I wanted to get on Kevin White. Shiny object right my, in front of you. My, oh. my internet connection petered out on me, so I missed out on Kevin White. I love it. I think Kevin White might even see some action this year, and if not, 2016, he'll be the linchpin to the Cool Cats coming up from behind and winning the whole thing. Legal League, thanks for doing that, Gelhart. Thanks for doing this, Alex Gelhart. My pleasure. And you, Marcus Grant, again. NFL Fantasy Live. Make sure you watch it up until the season starts on NFL.com. Then it returns to NFL Network. Meantime, also, you can listen to the podcast that they're doing every week on iTunes, Stitcher, and NFL.com. Handsome, a pleasure. Well done behind the glass. We'll be back with more in Applesauce. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids, Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. 
Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.